Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us today, it is Max Raymond of District On Deck. We're going to talk some Nationals in the uh, in the major leagues that are currently still playing baseball. Uh, and we're also going to talk about the Nationals, a couple moves they've made during the offseason, well, potential moves on one, one move they've already made. We're going to get Max's thoughts on that. Max, first of all, good to have you back. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Yes. Are, have you moved on to Wizards, uh, Caps, and WFT season yet? Have you moved on? I tried to move on to the football season, and then that lasted, you know, about four weeks. And then I saw well, that it was the same product, and I was like, okay. So now I'm back to baseball offseason. Yeah, I mean, I understand that fully. Uh, the Capitals probably have the same problems they have last year. The yeah. Wizards could be good. Um, and it looks like the Washington football team, their defense is absolutely awful, uh, which we did not think would happen. But but we do yeah. have good Nationals, former players, doing well. So I guess mm-hmm. that is something, right? Something for the D.C. area? Yeah, I mean, gives the even though it was a rough season, it gives the Nats fans something to look forward to. You might not always watch the baseball playoffs, but now you have an extra reason to root for maybe the Dodgers or the Red Sox or a team like that, or maybe even the White Sox. Right, we talked. So you and I had talked about this. How like the it, it's it's weird because baseball is the, is the example always, right? The Yankees are always kind of the example, of like the team everybody hates. Mm-hmm. And you could argue the Dodgers, because of their sustained success and how much money they spend, are heading towards that place. But I think for a lot of Nationals fans, when you see Trey and you see Max, and you actually just mentioned it too. You know, we talked about it before we got on air, but. Steven Souza and Blake Trinan, um, you know, all these guys that Nats fans know, especially Trey and Max on the Dodgers, it does make rooting for them a bit easier, especially when you saw, I mean, like last night, basically, you know, we we saw Juan Soto give the thumbs up for, for Nats fans to root for the Dodgers, right? He and Kevin Long, hitting coach for the Nats, mm-hmm. were at the game behind home plate, and we saw afterwards – Max Scherzer come over and give Juan and Kevin Long a high five. And it just shows you that the the love and the DNA of that 2019 championship team really is a brotherhood and is a connection that, I mean, you know, it's never going to be broken. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you can remember where a player goes to an opposite player's team's playoff game wearing a former teammate's jersey to root him on? I I was going to ask you this same exact question. When was the last time that you could ever think of that happening? I can't like at all. And then Juan Soto is literally built different. Like people hear yeah. that expression all the time. I think for him, it's actually a thing. And then I saw some funny tweets of the game. Someone it was like the the Cispedes barbecue guys who were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Soto's going to find a way to hit a ball out of the park from the fans and stuff <laughs> like that. And someone was like, Soto's probably the only one in the stands that can yell at the batters for swing- swinging at a ball. Like, that must be so intimidating. <laughs> right. No, it's 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 so weird. And, and here's the thing is that I could see some people criticizing and saying things like, oh, you know, that's 
you know, it's, it's not competitive. You know, why would you go and root on a team that is a competitor in the Dodgers and go and do that? And when you see somebody like Juan Soto, they're like, what are you going to say to Juan Soto? That the guy doesn't care enough. The guy doesn't try hard enough. The guy doesn't get it. He gets it. He, he might get it more than anybody else. He understands this. And for him and Kevin Long to go there and to support Max, and you could see at the end of the game how much it meant to Max when he came over and and gave them high fives. So my first thought last night was like, if you're a Nats fan and you want to pick a team to root for and you have a little bit of guilt picking the Dodgers, don't have any because Max and Trey were such integral parts of a championship team. And for Max especially, for him to, for everything he gave the Nationals, for him to go and get an opportunity to, to win some more is something that I think we can all appreciate as sports fans because guys only get so many chances to win a title. And this is a guy who, uh, I mean, deserves to win at least one more with the way that he's performed so far, you know, this season especially. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and then for those, there's some petty fans. I saw some people on Nats Twitter last night. They're like, oh, I can't root for the Dodgers. I, I need to, I need the Nats to win this trade. Like, I, I'd rather win the right. trade. I'm just like, yo, the trade isn't won off of this. Even if the Dodgers win the World Series, like, that, yeah, that wins it for the Dodgers. Two teams can win a trade. The Nats have a right. long road in front of them. And Ruiz is already hitting. Grace finished very strong. You got some intriguing pieces like casing the bullpen and the sorry in the farm system. You don't know if this trade is over yet. It's going to be a few years away from the Nats, so just enjoy Scherzer, enjoy Turner. But if you don't want to root for them, that's not the only team or former Nationals in the playoffs to root for. You got Schwarber mm-hmm. doing what he does best. That homer against the Yankees was electric, <laughs> man. That oh my god, what a moonshot! I, and it and was that, it was high in the zone too, right? Mm-hmm. It was one of those. Where, and how many of those have we seen him hit where he's All able to June get that long, man. get that barrel to the baseball and is able to get it up in the zone? And the, I mean, my dad the, even said to me, he's like, yeah. he, nobody hits high fastballs better than that guy. The world just got to see what Nats fans enjoyed for the month of June. That was exactly the same swing he put on when he hit those sixteen homers, and of course. And it's funny because he has Garrett Cole's number. The only person that might have Garrett Cole's number better than him is Soto. And they're they're the only two people, I believe, that have multiple home runs against Cole in his career in the playoffs because he hit that one in the wild card game against mm-hmm. the Pirates and then last night and then Soto's two against him in the World Series. So, yeah. like, And then Kyle Schwarber, I might be the guy I have to root for. I, I'm not a Red Sox fan, but he right. is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's great. It's cool to see him hitting him hitting leadoff. Let's mm-hmm. let's um with that Dodgers game last night. You know, you and I have talked about like the different stages of Max Scherzer, right? The different ways to watch him, mm-hmm. and you know, the appreciation obviously is when he's spinning it, when he looks great. But last night's effort is one of those that you look at and you say, "This is what makes Max so great." Is that the fact that? The the changeup nor the slider was really working for him last night. Those two pitches, which are key pitches in the arsenal, really never able to establish those. Ron Darling made that point on the broadcast. And for Max to keep grinding and grinding and fighting without his best stuff last night and keep it to a one-run game when it could have been worse, there was traffic on the base paths all night long for the Dodgers in terms of having Cardinals on the base paths. That's what makes Max different is that when he's got his B, C, or C game, 
It's still good enough to win games. It's still good enough to grind. And I would say last night was probably his C or D kind of game. But you saw it. He didn't want to, he didn't want to come out of that game. He, he kept the ball in his glove. He tried to he back made, up. Yeah, he, he made Dave Roberts take the ball out of his glove to take him out of the game. And I'm not sure if you saw this, but Trey Turner was in the background kind of sheepishly looking at the ground because he he's seen this interaction before. He's seen that. He knows it's hard to get a guy like Max off the mound. So I think with Scherzer's performance last night, the rest of the world or the rest of the baseball world just saw what Nats fans went through. More times than not, when Scherzer was in the playoffs for the Nats, those were the starts we got. He wasn't. He only had maybe two dominant starts in his whole playoff career with Nationals. Uh, his start against the um, the Dodgers in Game Five of the Game Four or Five of the NLDS, where he went like seven and third, and then his start against the Cardinals, where he gave up one hit and seven shutout innings against the Cardinals in the NLCS. More than not, this is what Scherzer does. He will get hold the opponents to two to three runs, but he'll be walking four to five people. His strikeouts will be lower. His pitch count will be super high through every single inning. And he's just the most amped up person like you're going to see. And, yeah, you want him in a do-or-die game, but you need to know in a do-or-die game, he is just going to – he can't calm down. And you see that. And right. it's not full space. Because, like, in the World Series, if everyone remembers – Game one, he gave up two quick runs in the first inning. He settled down, and the offense bailed him out. But what if Garrett Cole was Garrett Cole? Like, we would have lost because, yeah, I mean, we got lucky. And then you had uh, game five of the World Series. Grand, he was playing off of the cortisone shot and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Gave up two runs across five innings. Strikeouts were low. Walks were low. The high pitch count. This is what we're used to. And moving forward, this is what Dodgers fans should have an idea to look out for. Because I was surprised when Ron Darling the whole time was like, yeah, he's not on. He's not on. I'm like, this is normal playoff yeah. Thursday. But, he, but, he, but he, you know, because we think of him as on, as like yeah. his dominant self. But that's the grinder that we know, right? Mm-hmm. Like we still consider that on for Max because we, we're used to seeing it. We've seen it so often, which is, and you know, the part. That's my problem. The Nats are all – they should be considered a large market, if not a very high medium market. This is how little people paid attention to the Nats beforehand because you have the best pitcher in baseball or top three pitcher in baseball besides Verlander and Kershaw, and people aren't used to what he does in the playoffs. That just goes to show like how little right. media attention the team actually gets. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the decisions that are made in this game, but first we're going to hear a word here from our sponsors Kind of app that everybody needs to get right now, guys. It's called Get Upside. Uh, my listeners are making up to twenty-five cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code Baseball for uh, to, to get twenty-five cents off after after every gallon of gas when you first fill up. That's fifty cents cash back. Don't pay full price to pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Uh, the app right now. Just download it once again. Use that free promo code BASEBALL. Uh, once again, it's BASEBALL if you're going to use uh, here, or you can use uh, football, uh, hockey, another one of those promo codes. You can use it right now. But once again, download the free Get Upside app today. All right, so Max, there were some interesting decisions made in that game last night, right? We're kind of going back now thinking about the decision to take Max out, right? Was it the right call? Obviously ended up okay, but 
I think sometimes outcome doesn't always make stuff the right call, if that makes sense. Like sometimes you get the right outcome. It doesn't always make you made doesn't always feel like you made the completely correct decision. I thought it was a good decision to pull Max when they did. I know Max likes to get heated. They brought in Joe Kelly, and Joe Kelly this year has been fantastic with runners in scoring position. And also something that we've noticed from Max, he do, he can be had, especially last season we saw this, later on in his outings when he gets tired third time around. Mm-hmm. He can be had sometimes. Thought that was the right call. And then you and I weren't the biggest fans of the TJ McFarland call, pulling him out, putting Alex Reyes into the game in that that situation. Chris Taylor goes deep, ends the game. But we'll say it did give us our first playoff walk-off moment, which was Mm -hmm. great to see. It was fun to see. But some questionable decision-making there from Mike Schilt. Now, you could also say, hey, who else is in the bullpen? But do you think they should have stayed with McFarland in that spot as opposed to going to Alex Reyes? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you got Chris Taylor coming up, but keep in mind, Chris Taylor wasn't on – he didn't start because he was in a giant slump. They said he was like seven for his last 80 or 90, whatever it was. I, I can – that wasn't exact numbers, but it was something that bad. And they brought him in as a defensive replacement because that dude is money in the field. But when you have one of your best bats, most consistent guys all year long, and he ends the season on a slump and he hits the walk-off – you know your your pitcher is struggling if he's losing to a guy like that. Grand Chris Taylor was due, but TJ McFarlane, he got two quick outs. Then he walks Bellinger. And yeah, Bellinger's been struggling all year long, but he's still a former MVP. He still has an impressive eye at the plate. And he was, lay, he was able to lay off some very tantalizing sliders and pitches in the dirt. That uh, Yeah, so then you bring up Chris Taylor. I would have kept McFarlane in. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, it, it was just like, and this isn't a hindsight thing. Like, you have a struggling closer who lost his role. Why are you going to bring him in if he lost his role in the most dire situation in the entire game when you have a runner on in the bottom of the ninth and a hit ends the game? And right. That- and also, that's minus, I'm not sure who else was available for the, for the, the Cardinals, but, but think about it. Like we saw it last night. Uh, Julio Urias was available for the Dodgers. Actually, mm-hmm. was getting up in the bullpen ready to go in the game. So you could have had other, you, and you could have had other guys available because you get to reset the rosters yep. for the next series. So if you want to put one of those guys who is a starting arm in the pen, ready to go, I mean, there is no tomorrow. So what's the, you know, what's the, you know, the apprehension, if you will, of having one of those guys available? Now, Reyes is one of your landing guys, but Mike Shields going to get killed for that decision. That, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, and. Look, I think that's sad because he made a lot of good decisions uh, leading to their win streak. He pulled a lot of the right strings. But in the moment where it was kind of a, a high-pressure situation, he did not pull the right strings. Uh, go ahead. Because he played the Wayno card perfectly. Right. And that's that's what pissed me off the most. You pulled the Wayno card perfectly. You knew exactly when to leave him in, when to pull him out. And you trusted your guy. But then instead of trusting your reliever, you went with the analytic department, which I assume is what led to that decision. Yeah, it must have been. Must have liked the matchup they were getting there. Um, all right, we're going to move on to a couple Nats news and notes uh, in a second here. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the best place for all of your sports gaming needs, whether it be MLB postseason, NFL, college football, Formula One, boxing, MMA, whatever it is you want to get a little action on, they've got at BetOnline.ag. You go there today. 
Use the promo code locked on when you sign up. It's free to sign up. Promo code locked on will get you a 50% deposit bonus. Right now, they've got, once again, football, basketball, boxing, your favorite casino games as well. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 sporting season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. And also, today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. They're a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from the chain store. It's $216 at RockAuto.com. Go to RockAuto.com right now. And see all those parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Always low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so Max, you and I had actually talked about the decision to bring Alcides Escobar back. And I'm not sure. uh, You were the first person I thought of when I saw the news because – you were afraid of this. So I thought Jesse Doherty made a couple, couple good points, the Washington Post, and this could be a couple ways, right? Number one, you bring him in to start next year. He is your starting shortstop. He's your veteran starting shortstop. That would signal, which you don't like, but that would signal it is a longer-term rebuild. Mm-hmm. Two, he starts as the starter, and you maybe you have somebody else that comes up and you want to play him there. I mean – we're not going to see Brady House next year. Nobody, nobody expects no. Brady House next year, or maybe the year after that. <laughs> um, I, like, what do you think the timetable on a guy like Brady House is? What three years? I don't know, man. Because more and more, the last few years, you've been seeing guys skyrocket to the league. Right. Like, granted, it's with different positions, but I mean, Garrett Crochet drafted in twenty twenty. End of the season on the White Sox. Was pitching, was pitching yeah. at Tennessee that year, yeah. Yeah, but it's a little different as a, a pitcher out of the bullpen right. because you don't need as much tune-up. But for a shortstop, like I mean, you still have other guys. And granted, this was a long time ago. Zimmerman drafted number uh, four, four or five overall to us. Ends the season starting at third base. So like, right. I'd say two to three years. I mean, but the way he was swinging the bat, granted right, it was right, the right. rookie league. The way he was swinging the Batman, oh my God. I wouldn't be surprised if he does a Cade Cavalli jump and it ends at triple A next year. Right, right. And you yeah, you wouldn't be shocked to see it. So that's the that's that's what they're trying to manage, in my opinion. In my opinion, th- there's a couple scenarios. One, he's a starter for next year, just so they can say, all right, we're we're kind of going the full tank mode. Two, he's a utility infielder guy that they're bringing in a la Josh Harrison. Now, the only problem with I mean it's good to have a guy like that because you never know what injuries happen. Obviously, the Nationals mm-hmm. in a situation where Carter Keeban didn't work out. So when Castro goes to third, that ends up being Josh Harrison at second. So he could be a utility guy or three, like just straight-up utility guy. Like he is not the starter at any position at all, right? He is – you know, there's no plan to, get, to, go with, to go with him as a starter, and we'll see what happens. So I think there's kind of the middle utility, right? We think he's going to start. We'll see where he fits in. Or the full utility, like he's not starting. He's not starting in the infield. We're going to find somebody else. I think because of the Brady House factor, it's more likely that he's just there for a year and they want to see what happens because they could go for a guy like a Javi Baez, in my opinion, right? Maybe a high dollar figure 
for a couple years. But where does that really get you? So it's my opinion they're going to just going to have him start next year, be a veteran in the clubhouse, and it's going to be a year where they see how real is Lane Thomas, how real is Carter Keboom, how real is Luis Garcia, so they can figure out, hey, who are these real guys that we're going to keep, who's going to be the core, and also let's have this veteran here to kind of hold that position over for a year. What are your thoughts on Alcides Escobar and the signing, what they're going to do with him? It's two things for me. One, I want him to be a bench player. Um, so if they want him to start, they need to ask themselves this real quick. Upcoming is one of the most stacked free agent classes in recent memory. Everyone was talking about Machado Harper class or the Strasburg Cole class. No, it's this class. This class is insane. And, yeah, you don't need to splurge for a top shortstop because of the Brady House situation. Or Brady House aside, you don't need to splurge for a top shortstop because of this. Go for a guy like – bring Schwarber back if you want. Because with the new CBA, I'm fully expecting to have a DH. If there's no DH next year, I'll be shocked. Let's say there's a DH. You go get Schwarber to play DH, right? And then go, if you want to splurge a little bit more, Nicholas Castellanos. He's probably, of all the big-name guys, he's going to be, he's probably going to be the cheapest because of his age and limited de- defense, um, defense, stuff like that. But, oh, my God, that dude was swinging the bat so hot this year for the Reds. And just think about the memes of him playing in D.C. That would be great. But anyway, so you guys, someone like him. The Nats fans are already clamoring for Chris Bryant. The Chris Bryant and Nats uh, jersey edits are already back. They're all over the timeline. And so you got to ask yourself now, do we trust our pitching staff? Do we trust Cole Henry, Cade Cavalli, Antunia, uh, the guy that just pitched the last start of the year for um, for the Nats? Yohan, what's his name? I don't. Adone, yeah. yeah. Do, do you guys trust these guys are going to be up in the next year to fully lead the rotation? If that's the case, then, yeah, you start making your big splashes now to bring up, fill out your roster. If you don't think your farm system is ready, like Cavalli is going to be ready and, and Cole Henry and those guys, then, yeah, you put Escobar at short, you'd stop Gaggett, and Nats fans better prepare for a long season. Yeah, I think that's most likely because – You know, I'm sure you saw the stat floating around, Max. The Nationals' bullpen was atrocious, the worst in the league in terms of losses. They had the most losses of any team in the league. And that, to me, is the thing. It's like their pitching is in such disarray that I think they're figuring here, look, this is something that we can do to take care of a position of need. We're not going to be competing next year. We need to – we really need to address the pen – and so because we can get a guy that we trust that came in that, that did a great job, we found a guy that we trust at that position. Let's go with him there and let's try to let's, – let's focus really on pitching. That that was my read on the situation. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean I do think the bullpen should be the main priority. And then I already have my list of guys that I really want to see. Grant, some of them are stopgap stop guys because most of the guys I've been looking at are already in their 30s and with relievers – you're going to be the best reliever in baseball, and next year you might be DFA. It's just how they go. And so you can't expect all these relievers to st- uh, help the bullpen when they're ready to get going. But say if you go for a few guys on one-year deals, right, then maybe you could fill out your roster a little bit. Because I was looking at guys like your boy Aaron Luke. Oh, my God. I wrote multiple articles about him last offseason that we should right. sign him from the Rays and said we went the money route and went for Brad Hand. And – we all saw how that turned out. Aaron Loop was a baller for the Mets this year on a super discount. 
I got a stats up 0.95 ERA with a 2.45 FIP in 56 and two thirds innings with 57 strikeouts. Yeah, sign me up. Um, and then you got some former Nats, Hudson, who has always pitched his best in DC. He's just proved that. Um, old friend of the team, Craig Stammen, still got it. Mm. Maybe you don't want him in the high leverage situations, but you do know need six middle. inning guy, you know, guy yeah, six, six inning. Yeah, game. you need those guys. Uh, and, right? I th- and I think Kyle Finnegan des- definitely deserves a spot in the pen. He's yeah, just he's not, not a closer. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fine. He was forced in that spot, and they had good experience maybe for him. But this is a guy who's going to be in the sixth, seventh inning, so they have to address that. And Rainey finished strong. I mean, yeah, he had that blip in the last game, but like you brought him in with runners on, and then you brought him out for a second inning while he's coming off an injury. So it wasn't the smartest decision. And Will on Harris come back too? Yeah, you got to remember Will Harris coming back as well. Yeah, but I know I just, if he have, if he ever comes back, I mean, yeah. that's been an absolute disaster. The net, the Nets have been have been pretty unlucky with re-signings. That kind of leads us to our last like re-signing thing. Um, it felt like goodbye for Ryan Zerman, right? That felt like it was mm-hmm. a goodbye. Now, here is the catch. His numbers for a guy who predominantly pinch hit were really good. I, I thought that his numbers, this is not a situation where Mike Rizzo is bringing him back for sympathy and because it's a team mascot and because he's Mr. National, right? Like his numbers were good enough to warrant him coming back, especially on a team that is young, that needs leadership. I like Alcides Escobar. It's a guy who's a World Series champion. I like bringing him back. Ryan Zerman's another guy who is a World Series champion in the field. I think would be a good influence to have around on your Carter Keybooms, on your Luis Garcias of the world, on your Riley Adams of the world, on your K-Bear Ruizes of the world. I would be fine for bringing him back in that role, but it really did feel like a goodbye. And I know because he brought all his family in town, it was really cool to see. Um, but that that felt like the end, didn't it? I agree, man. It was sad. I'm glad I got to watch it, but I'm looking at his numbers, and I agree with you, man. 255 at-bats, hit 243, 14 homers. 46 RBI, 756 OPS. You got that coming off the bench? Oh, my God. Yeah, you're going to love those type of numbers, um, especially for a guy. He's what, thir- turning 37? 37, yeah. Yeah, those those are great numbers for your upper 30 guy who's been around forever. But it did feel like a buy. Um, and I'm glad he got to go out at Nats Park to a stacked stadium. I'm so glad that the last game actually had implications because so many people showed up that wouldn't have. And he got the real goodbye tribute he deserved. And shout out to the Red Sox. Yeah, all coming and their out fans. Of the dugout, and their fans, too. Standing, shout out to the Red Sox just like, mm-hmm, that was, that's what you want for a guy like that. I mean, yeah, he's no Hall of Famer. but like He's Hall of Very Good, though. He's Hall of Very mm-hmm. Good. I would give him that. He's Hall of maybe if he didn't get hurt, what would he have been? Right, right. But a guy who's just been so consistent his entire career. And, and I talked about it yesterday, but like the – the idea that, you know, Juan Soto is a player that Ryan Zimmerman could, you know, or and, and most guys could dream to be, right? He could only dream yeah. to be because of his talent level. But Ryan was there from the very beginning. And he was there from when the franchise first showed up in Washington, D.C. And now he's got a family. He has got kids. He has got a World Series championship. And there will never be another guy like him. Well, Juan is going to reach is as... as, as most likely barring a disaster, going to reach higher heights yes. than Ryan Zimmerman did. There is never going to be a guy like Zim in terms of what he meant for the for the Nationals program, what he meant for the organization. There will never be another guy like that. You have a guy come in 
who makes the pros his rookie this year he's drafted, which at that time was unheard of. They just didn't do it anymore. You have a guy who, while in 2006, while all eyes were on Alfonso Soriano, he gave Soriano a run for his money for not being the most important guy in D.C. baseball that year. Finished second in rookie of the year voting to, I want to say, Hanley Ramirez. Was the only guy that they knew was long-term going through the dark ages. Stuck it out through 100 lost seasons. Signed an extension like that. He said, just give me a no-trade clause, and I'm in here for the long run. Then he comes up, rewards the team during the playoff years. Clutch homers, the World Series homer off of Garrett Cole, which I will still die on this hill, completely changed game one of the World Series because Cole was cooking early. And if it wasn't for that silence in the Houston crowd, we probably would have lost that game. And he's just – I was 10 years old when he hit that walk-off against the Yankees. I remember mm. watching in my living room. And I'm 25 now. So, like, I grew right. up my pretty much my entire, like, adult high school, adult life, watching this guy just do – baseball feet after baseball feet and i'm gonna miss it would i love to have him back yeah but i don't think you top the type of farewell he just got yeah no you can't you can't and look we'll be glad to see him next year if he does come back but that that Mm -hmm. did feel like that was that was it all right max what are you working on right now for district on deck we got some playoff previews coming out and then we're going to be working on some off-season stuff i will be working on my Washington Nationals, perfect off-season plan, so make sure to keep look out for that in the coming weeks. All right, Max, we'll have you back for some I'm, – I'm calling them exit interviews. We're going to talk about each one of the players, so I'll have you back to talk about some of those. Max Raymond, District on Deck, appreciate your time, man. Thanks, man.